I think that I probably met over 300 men via the Internet. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 30 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is from San Francisco. Leslie, welcome to You Are the Guest. Thank you, Bill. I'm happy to be here. Now, you're not originally from San Francisco, are you? No, indeed. I'm a native Texan. What part of Texas? I grew up in Dallas. I was born in Fort Worth, which is just a stone's throw away. In your note to the show, you really told me that one of your experiences or one of the things that make you unique is that you've got a lot of experience with online dating. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, I've been a computer professional for years, and um, so the computer has been my right arm uh, for for a long time. Um, but uh, I have really logged some some time in um, chat rooms and with uh, the Internet dating services like uh, Match.com, uh, Matchmaker.com, uh, Yahoo Personals, Craigslist. And uh, as the years uh, went by, uh, I accumulated some, uh, some pretty substantial experience. Um, like like was, how much? How much experience? I, I think that I probably met over 300 men. Wow. Via the Internet. you got to be kidding me. 300? <laughs> That's a lot of coffee, Bill. You know, I, 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 it was like a, a part-time job. Um, when I really was in the thick of it, I was slamming down coffee like it was going out of style. Um, a typical weekend, I could easily knock out uh, five dates. Um, so did your fingers have blisters from the, the keypad at all? or? You know, I have to admit that, that there was some um, uh, Internet addiction involved here. Internet um, addiction. Tell me about say, Internet addiction. Well, it has to do with with there being like a magnetic force that just sucked me to it. And uh, when I wasn't online, I was either thinking about how it went last time or how it would be next time and when I would get on next. I mean, this was this was more of a chat room phenomenon before I got into dating and actually physically meeting people. Um, I was a chataholic. And uh, it was... Um, you know, I look back on it, and I and I see how, how I have no desire whatsoever to do it anymore, but I can't think of a better word to describe it than addiction, where it was really starting to get in my way. In other words, it was really ruling your life. You know, close. You know, I wasn't missing work over it. But, um, yeah, it was um, all my spare time at home. Um, I was still married at the time, and uh, a lot of this stemmed from my thinking that I wasn't getting enough attention. 
And uh, and I have to admit, looking back, that I was not a girl who had a lot of hobbies at the time. And so how better to sit around and feel sorry for oneself about not getting attention when, when I'm not keeping myself busy? Um, and, and, I, and I have to own my part in that, looking back. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I would say that it was um, – it was it was uh, a little bit weightier in one's life than would be considered um, healthy. Who exaggerates the most on their profile? Is it men or is it women? Well, I have to admit before I tell you what I think the answer is that I haven't read a lot of women's profiles. Um, I think that both genders. Um, have some misconceptions about their own level of fitness and fatness. Um, I know when I look in the mirror, I lift up my my head a bit and uh, you know maximize uh, the uh, slimness of uh, my face, whereas perhaps in a more relaxed uh, posture, it might not look quite so slim. And I'm doing that for myself. You know, this is a daily form of uh, rationalization or delusion. So, so I will admit that I partake in this kind of behavior. Um, so I think that, that many of us don't uh, understand or want to admit uh, what our bodies look like. Um, but I do believe that men um, tend to have a bit of delusion around their height and their uh, quantity of hair. Um, so in my experience, guys that are uh, under six feet tall really in their heart and soul believe that they are one to three inches taller than they are. They really do believe this. And uh, guys who might describe themselves as slightly balding you know, well, that's for them, you know, because we know we're going to see each other. Um, so with my experience, I'm going to say that, that the inaccuracy, it's probably the men a little bit more. What's the best way to, if you're really not interested in somebody, say you've gone out with them on a second date and you really don't want the third date, what's the best way to let them know about it? I think for me, one thing that was um, helpful about not really dating around till I was into my 30s and had, you know, some concept of self and, and some semblance of confidence is that I have been very plain and clear about my answers when someone says, would you like to get together again or would you like to go out again? When I don't, I have said, Thanks so much for asking. I believe I'll pass. And it might hurt for two seconds, but I've always felt pretty good about it, and, and I've always hoped that they did too compared to how the alternative is, which I gather is actually the norm where a woman will say, sure, with no intention at all. And then either avoid him later or come up with some uh, excuses um, and, and, and just web, 
uh, weave the web further and prolong the agony. Um, kind of, kind of like the dating game, because isn't dating kind of a game that men and women play, especially absolutely. in the beginning? Absolutely. Um, and you know, when when I was more theoretical about my opinions on it, um, I think I was less um, accepting of some of the games and rituals. But after experiencing them, I think I understand them and and um, even believe in them. Um, for example, the um, behaviors around how soon should you call a person. You know, uh, should a woman call a man? Uh, it's it's uh, how much um, should you tip your hand to the other person about how interested you are? Because you don't want to seem too overly anxious because then all of a sudden it's like, okay, why does this person want to be with me this badly? What's wrong with them? Exactly, because I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. So I think, and, and the thrill of the hunt is an interesting thing. You know, it's it's fun and exciting. And it, when someone makes themselves too available, you remove the thrill of the hunt from the other person. And and any excitement, um, sure, angst, but, uh, you know, uh, just any of the, the thrill around it. So um, I've actually gotten pretty philosophical about um, some of those, you know, we'll call them games, for lack of a better word, um, around not behaving in an overly eager manner. So what is the rule of thumb? What is the freshness date for calling somebody back? Uh, for a woman to return a call for a man? Either way. Okay, well, so I kind of gather that um, after a first date that goes well, that maybe a whole day should transpire before a phone call. Uh, if, you know, if it was a great day, maybe an email the next day, hey, that was great, I had fun. Um, but, you know, perhaps a full 24 hours should transpire before a phone call. Um, now, regarding returning calls, um, I'd, that's just based on gut for me. Um, if I like someone, you know, I try not to be overly anxious about it, but um, I, I don't think that I would let more than 24 hours go without returning the call. Have you ever seen the movie Swingers? I have. And where he's got that episode where he's he's got the phone number and he keeps calling her back and calling her back and calling her back? It's mortifying, really. It hurts me to watch that scene. It's oh, that just, is the funniest scene, though. Oh, it hurts. Because it's, it's so true to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the big local news story of the day in San Francisco? Well, I saw something interesting about the mayor, Gavin Newsom, who was uh, riding on the cable cars. And um, they cost $5 now. Uh, these are our, our moving uh, landmarks, um, pieces of history. And uh, several times in recent history, he uh, handed over his $5, and he did not get a receipt, which is the rule. And uh, he went on record to say that the cable car 
operators were stealing money. He did not say they might be or they could be. He said they were. And uh, So has he named names at all? He did not name names. He didn't name lines. Of course, there's only only several lines. But um, he didn't like stop somebody and say, "Hey, I'm the mayor. You just you just ripped me off, and uh, your job is in jeopardy." Well, that wasn't in the article. So if he did, uh, that that didn't make the news. But uh, I thought that this was uh, incredibly um, bold of him um, to word it that way and to not say. It could be construed that perhaps you are stealing. You are not following policy um, by not issuing receipts. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's a pretty good-looking man. Um, if, if you don't know what he looks like, uh, I imagine that all the cable car operators will know what he looks like now and be on the lookout for him. But doesn't it make sense that if somebody rips off the mayor that's a city employee and he, in fact, really kind of works for the mayor... Wouldn't the mayor call him on it right there on the spot? Well, that's the thing. Do you know that they they pocketed it, or do you just know that they um, neglected to give you a receipt? Who gets a receipt on the cable car, though? Well, obviously people aren't getting them, but that is the rule. I've never gotten one either. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I don't know what year that rule was implemented. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Um, Made me wonder because those cable car uh, operators—they're—they're they're a different lot. They're very strong. They have to operate the uh, these big handbrakes, and and a lot of them are real characters because they deal with the tourists all day, and so they're ambassadors. Um, if I were they, and I were not up to no good, I wouldn't be very happy about this. Here are the final five questions. What's your favorite place to eat in San Francisco? We have so many wonderful restaurants here. Lately, I am into this taqueria around the corner. I live in the Mission, um, and there's a lot of Mexican influence around here, and I've been getting a wonderful barbecue chicken burrito at La Cumbre, I think is the name, on Valencia near 16th. Delicious. Their salsa kicked my butt, but uh, good stuff. What's the stupidest spam email you've ever received? My spam tank does a good job, so so I'm, I'm mostly stumped, but uh, what comes to mind are all the ones on Viagra. Not helpful with your gender. <laughs> no, indeed. Well, actually, I've heard women do use it for fun, but I have no experience with that. What makes a good impression with you? When you meet somebody, what just stands out and says, this person has made a really good impression upon me? You know, I like to know that someone is really present, that they're grounded. They are here with me, right here, right now. Good eye contact. Good, sound conversational skills, not just waiting to talk, but someone who is capable of having an organic conversation that, that builds on itself and sometimes even in, involves interrupting, which, which is okay because it's around being excited and, and, and oh, yeah, and I, and I did this. And, and um, it, so I, I guess that's a way of describing clicking with someone. So have I made a good impression so far? 
You have. You're very charming, Bill. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Who inspired you to be your best? My mom always was very encouraging to me. Um, as a little girl, I was a bit of a show-off, and uh, she was my best audience. Um, always told me she was proud of me, and um, I think sometimes um, she, she kind of um, leaned towards the shy side, and she appreciated um, the opposite in me and was very encouraging around that. Um, so I, I, I think I'll say my mom. And a final question, what's your big dream? My big dream is for uh, mismatches.com to make it. And by make it, I mean um, a whole lot of people see it and love it. And, uh, and perhaps that some real momentum takes place. You know, I've got big ideas around HBO special and Broadway and a series. I mean, why not? Why not me? You know, um, and what will it take to make that happen? All I can do is what I'm doing is my very best. Um, I've, I've hired uh, wonderful people, uh, to help me, a producer and a director and dramaturg and, uh, graphic artist and photographer, so I've, I've, I've done everything in a professional way. Um, i got to bring the, the, the product to the table. It is a solo show. It's pretty much the ball is in my court right now, and that's, that's terrifying and it's exciting. But when this thing is done, I just want to be able to say that I did my very best, and, um, and that will be one form of success for sure, that I did it. You know, as a mountain climber, perhaps many will just climb one mountain and say, okay, I did that. Others will become mountain climbers to be determined which route I take. But I'm going to climb this sucker the hardest and best I can. Leslie, it's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you get to ask me three questions about anything. So fire away. Okay, let's start with one. I'm going to give you a little latitude on this. This is about toys. Now, either tell me your favorite childhood toy or you go to a desert island and you get to take only one toy, possibly for the rest of your life. Would they be the same or different and why? That's a big question. Big question. Favorite childhood toy. If I'm going to have a, a, a favorite childhood toy, you know, I got to say that one of the, the, the biggest things that I was ever given as a, as a gift was I received my first radio when I was eight years old. And I still have that radio today. And I took Transistor? That, yeah, transistor radio. is a, a jade AM radio, and I took that radio with me everywhere, and when I had a paper route and, and everything, and so that, in a way, probably was my my most treasured gift because of the fact that, that it really just opened up so many doors to me and obviously gave me a, a career later on. And if I had just one thing to take with me today, it would be the, I guess, the update 
of the radio for me, which would be the iPod. I, I found that since I received one for Christmas that it is one of those things that I don't ever want to be without. And I've had so much fun just putting a lot of my old CDs on there and, and finding new podcasts and new things to listen to. So if if I could only take one thing with me on the desert island, it would be my iPod. And I'm hoping it's got juice so I could at least charge it after so many hours. Well, since it's our fantasy desert island, then you can. Okay. Now, is Tattoo going to be there, too? or? <laughs> well, only if you choose to take it, but he's in some other category. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to have a substitute. <laughs> All right. Ready for another? Fire away with question number two. Question number two. Describe your most memorable date. Could be good or bad. Most memorable. In detail? It's your show, Bill. Lay it on us. You know, I, I have a lot of good memories about meeting somebody for the first time. You know, that kind of that chemistry where, where it just, you know, the lights go off, the whistles go off. And so I've, I've got a, a few of those. Most Maybe some disasters might be more interesting. Oh, I think I remember all my disasters have been pretty well gone along um, blind dates. I had one blind date where the woman that I'd taken out, she told me she was bipolar and she had kind of got off her medicine for a few weeks. And uh, <laughs> as you could imagine, the evening got progressively worse. So I remember that. Ouch. <laughs> um, but, you know, some of the, the really good, memorable dates, you know, some of the fun ones just mean that, you know, the, the chemistry is flowing, the conversation is is going, and you just you know, get closer and closer, and you, you just can't stop smiling and laughing. And, and you know, in, in my life, I've, I've had a few of those, and those are what you would call the magical dating moments, I guess. Mm-hmm. How about for you? <sighs> Well, I, I can think of a bad one right now that comes to mind. Um, before I had LASIK surgery, um, I wore contacts, and um, I had terrible allergies one day. And uh, my glasses were quite thick. I liken them to, uh, remember uh, Dega on a Papillon? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they were pretty bad, these glasses. Um, but my eyes were just killing me. I, I, I should have canceled, but, but allergies, it's not the same as sickness. It's just discomfort, you know. It's, but um, So I show up on this date in my glasses, and, I, and I'm not even sure if I wore makeup because my eyes were just so sensitive, and I think my nose was red, and I, I, and I felt like hell. And, and I have an idea that I looked like hell, too. And, and I was grumpy, and, I, and you know, I, I really um, should have canceled the state and uh, it was coffee as usual um, with an engineer who was um, very smart but not real personable and we chatted and it was okay and at the end of the meeting he sort of wrapped it up in a way that sounded very much like you would speak to an unsuccessful candidate in an interview. 
And it was like, uh, so uh, I'll be uh, evaluating our meeting. And, uh, you know, and I was just, and, and it was, I was so crabby to start with okay did, did you just and, say uh well i'm evaluating this right now and you're a loser kind of i was a little bit more passive aggressive than that and said something like <laughs> don't do me no favors and uh with uh with meaning i dropped my coffee into the trash can and flounced away <laughs> yeah you go girl <laughs> You know, not not that interesting of a story, but just, you know, uh, it was educational about um, it's probably best to, um, it's you know, feel good um, before you meet new people. <laughs> Your story reminded me of, of a real disaster, and it goes, goes back to high school. And back in high school, I wore glasses. And it was, I think it was the spring prom. So I wore glasses, and uh, but I wasn't going to wear glasses at the dance. So what I did is I, I put my glasses away in the, in the glass case and put them under the, the seat of the car. So we went dancing, and and um, and afterwards I kind of felt, you know, just kind of tired because it had been a long day. And so it was time for us to go out to dinner. After the dance, everybody kind of went to the dinner um steak dinner or wherever and the restaurant stayed open late on those nights so you could take your date out for a meal after the dance and so i put my glasses back on and it's like boy i must really be tired something is not not really coming into focus and it's just not you know nothing right and so we go into the the restaurant we have the meal and and you know her friends are there my friends are there and we're we're talking, and the whole time I'm just not feeling right. Things aren't just looking good. I'm not feeling good, etc. And um, so we go through that. I take her home, and I I go home, and I I I get out of the car, and and it's like, boy, I gotta you know see what's going on. And so I go into the the bathroom, and I look in the mirror, and one lens is missing <laughs> out of my glasses. I've gone. Most of the evening with just one lens in my glasses and nobody said anything to me. They just let me cook and fry. And so that's, that's my story. That's a good one. And it's true. Unfortunately true. And then when you put your other lenses in, you looked and saw there was spinach on your tooth also. Right. <laughs> and okay. loser on my forehead. <laughs> I know that must have been so traumatic. Oh, for especially a in high school. Year old. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like, do I ever? First of all, uh, you know how do how do I go back to school? But you know what? You you find out you do. You just go. And and everybody forgets about it until they get a podcast, and then they have to remind everybody. <laughs> What's question number three? Do you? know of a public personality could be a movie star a singer uh some kind of entertainer maybe singer songwriter dancer singer songwriter dancer or even uh author who you believe is um 
does not get the credit he or she deserves. Oh, I'll tell you one that I thought really didn't get the, the credit that they deserved, and that was Chris Penn, who just passed away. I thought he, you know, as an actor, was really solid. And, you know, just every performance was good. And, and then to hear that he passed away, that was just a, a real blow. Because I, I thought he was, if not uh, as good as, if not better, than his brother, uh, Sean. So I'd say Chris Penn. How about for you? Hmm. I don't really have an answer, though, regarding um, the question that I just asked you. Because to be honest with you, I was originally going to ask it in a more negative manner. And I could tell you that now. Well, well, how were you going to ask it? I was going to ask you what public figure, some kind of entertainer or writer... Do you feel is overrated and undeserving of the fame and fortune that has been bestowed upon him or her? You know, I think that once somebody gets to that level, that there's no such thing as undeserving because you you really, I mean, to, to make it in showbiz, that is such a long shot because there's, there's so much against you in a way because of, of the, the amount of competition and just getting noticed and everything else. So once you get to that level, you know, it, it's certainly not undeserved. I think there are a lot of people that uh, kind of piss it away, though. I think that, um, that too, even if sometimes it's baffling um, that certain folks make it, um, the people have spoken. You know, the people have paid for the movie ticket or bought the CD, and uh, so be it. You know, um, nobody's holding a gun to any of the consumers' heads, and uh, and that's why we have chocolate and vanilla. Although I did think that William Hung annoyed me. Remember the guy from American Idol that was so bad that everybody felt sorry for, and, you know, he was still bad. Yeah. And he was bad every time. And it's like, okay, you know what? I can't even get my name in the local paper. <laughs> I get bumped when there's a cake auction. And <laughs> here's that really happened. And, and here's William Hung, you know, he's up there, you know, <laughs> she bangs, she bangs. And it's like, come on. <laughs> there is no justice. No justice. There was something, I, I guess there was such a harmlessness around him, a, a lovable uh, quality. I think, that, you know, he was like a, a stray puppy or something. Okay, but, you, you know? know, don't put him on every four hours, and it seemed like it was just way over overkill. I and think I, so. Of course, somebody wanted to make a buck. Sure. But uh, pure entertainment, no. Um, no. Kind of a freak show type of deal. Eh, yeah, the bearded lady was there for about 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Leslie, do you want to tell about your show and how people who are in the San Francisco area can find out and buy some tickets? Love to, Bill. The show is running from February the 3rd through March the 25th, every Friday and Saturday night at 8 o'clock. It's at the Shelton Theater, which is uh, in Union Square on Sutter Street. And uh, you can buy tickets at 
brownpapertickets.com. No spaces in that, brownpapertickets.com. And you can check out my website, mismatches.com. There is a dash between the miss and the matches. Um, not an underscore. Um, mismatches.com, and that will tell you a little bit about the show and also direct you to Brown Paper Tickets. So uh, I'd love to see you all out there, and uh, I'm really excited about doing the show. And we'll have a link on our website, too, so people can go right to You Are the Guest and click on your picture, and it'll take them right to your site as well. That's great. Thank you so much, Bill. And will they have fun at the show? I sure hope so. I got I, I to tell you, I take some bullets, okay? Um, at my expense, they will have some fun. It's naughty. This is not for kids. Um, I'm not going to say it's NC-17, but I'm going to say it's R-rated. So don't come there with the Disney hats. <laughs> Indeed. No mouse ears allowed. <laughs> and feel free to have a couple of drinks before you come. <laughs> It'd be nice to have a, a lubricated audience. Leslie, thank you so much for being a guest on You Are the Guest. And coming up next is a double shot from Stereo Suite, including the world premiere of their new song, From Here, coming up after the break. Hi, this is John Bischke from LearnOutloud.com, where people go to enrich their lives and become better at things that are really important to them. One of our titles that I'd like to recommend to you is Bill Grady's audio seminar titled, how you can create advertising that really works. It's a very common sense approach to answering all the questions that many small business owners have when it comes to doing advertising effectively and efficiently. And the best part about Bill's audio seminar is that it comes with a money back guarantee. For more information on Bill Grady's How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works, go to learnoutloud.com forward slash Bill Grady. Learnoutloud.com changing the way the world learns something fresh is coming you've heard the buzz what's it all about it's all about a brand new network sure everyone in their pod father has a network but this one is different this one is fresh. Fresh Media Works puts you, the podcaster, in charge. Go to FreshMediaWorks.com to sign up for more information. Fresh Media Works, we're reinventing media together. FreshMediaWorks.com. If you'd like to drop me a comment about this week's show, just email me at BillGrady at YouAreTheGuest.com. That concludes this week's edition of You Are the Guest from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening. Sitting here alone, thinking about my day, falling over you. Will I be okay? Is something wrong with me, trying to make you see everything I am. Will I be you be so blind thinking that I would just let it all fall away 
there by the phone, left me all alone. Wanna be so strong, nothing felt so wrong. I cried out to you, and no one seemed to hear my screams. It happened all so fast, but I spell your cast. We won't miss our last, can't forget the past. And I said, don't scream, it'll take some time. But I can't buy highway for all the times. I wondered why I don't need another chance to think you tried to scream. It'll take some time, yeah. It looks like I found you out. It looks like I figured out the game too. Take some time, but I'll get by. I bleed from all the times I wondered why I don't need another chance to think you try. Don't scream, it'll take some time. Yeah, don't scream, it'll take some time, but I'll get by. I bleed from all the times I wondered why. Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.